What's up, everybody? This is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project. And today, I'm so excited to announce Courageous Conversations 2019. It's coming to Atlanta, Georgia on August 1st and 2nd. Courageous Conversations is Jude 3 Project's annual gathering that pairs black voices trained in conservative and progressive spaces to discuss topics that are relevant for the church and the culture. This year's theme is bridging the gap between the church and the academy. And I am so excited about our guests that are coming and the topics that we have. We'll be discussing topics like hell, Paul's sexual ethics, the divided mind of the church, preaching the black millennials, sin. We have seven different topics and amazing scholars and pastors and preachers. We included some preachers this time that aren't seminary trained because the goal is to bridge the gap between the church and the academy for this Courageous Conversations. And in addition to that, guess what, y'all? We added the Q&A. So we have time for you to ask questions. It'll be two days this time, and you'll get to ask the scholars questions about the panel um, discussion. And I know that's important to so many of you who we've heard from since last year's Courageous Conversation. So join us August 1st and 2nd in Atlanta, Georgia. Go to CourageousCombos.org to register, or you could go to JudeThroughProject.com to register. There's a tab there and a link to register so go do that now we have um early registration available we have vip uh tickets available as well um i look forward to seeing you august 1st and 2nd in atlanta georgia it's going to be amazing we have some more announcements coming that i am absolutely excited about and i can't wait to share with you in addition to that i just want to thank our supporters that give monthly Um, We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We have some goals that we want to accomplish, um, getting a new uh, office facility, um, bringing on some more staff to help us, but we need, we need your support. We have some curriculum development that we're in the process of that we hope to release very, very soon. And we can't do this without faithful giving from you. So we ask that you consider giving to the Jude 3 Project on a monthly basis, whether it's one dollar, five dollars, ten, a hundred, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever you feel that the Lord is leading you to give, um, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You could give at you3project.com. Um, we are so excited about what God is doing. We thank you, thank you again for listening to us here at the Jew Three Project podcast. Um, and let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew 3 Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew 3 Project. And today, I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Brian Miller, aka B Dot from Rat Radar. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to do the podcast. Um, one of the reasons I I was like, ah, I got to get him on the podcast is I saw your interaction with uh, Killer Mike on um, White Jesus and Christianity, and um, that's something that we deal with a lot with the G Three Project. This notion that Christianity is a white man's religion. Um, and while it has been misused, um, you pointed out um, one of the th- 
things that we try to point out the about uh, Christianity in North Africa um, before it hit Europe. Um, before we get into all of that, give our audience just a little bit of background about who you are. Okay, um, my name is Brian B. Miller. Um, like you said, I am uh, the host of the Rap Radar podcast, which is on Title Platform. Um, I also work at Epic Records. I'm the guy that's responsible for streaming. I'm a journalist by trade. I graduated from Delaware State University. And I've been doing music journalism for 15 years. This past year makes 15 years. That's awesome. Um, and I I know that um, this is, I'm assuming this is something you're, I, I saw in the comments when we, uh, when, when we announced that you were going to be on the podcast, that you were passionate about talking talking about the intersection of hip hop and Christianity. Why, why uh, does that excite you? Because I'm saved, you know, and I, I want to uh, express the gospel of Jesus Christ as many people as possible. And that excites me. And also I believe there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to Christianity. Right? And I feel like it's people like myself and others who have platforms to, you know, try to uh, kill the noise. Mm -hmm. So in uh, your interaction with hip hop artists, kind of what is their biggest, biggest stumbling block when they think about Christianity? Well, I feel like, you know, for a long time, it's taboo. People don't like to talk about politics or religion. And, you know, when you touch those kind of hot button topics, you know, people get, you know, riled up in their emotions. So, you know, I try to, you know, tread lightly as much as I can. But, you know, if a conversation does come up, I'm more than eager to express my views and how I feel about it. Mm hmm. Um, when do you hear a lot of in in just in your spaces that Christianity is the white man's religion? Absolutely, I've heard that even before I you know became saved. You know, I just think like like I said, there's a lot of misconceptions and it's wrong because like the people that have the most criticism probably have never read the Bible. They're just par parroting what they hear from other people, what they see on memes, what they might have glanced on the internet. And it's like, if you actually read the Bible in its context, it will tell you that it, it even says anything about, you know, European uh, features or anything like that. Like, it just it's a, it, it just boggles my mind as how this uh, narrative has been dissipated throughout the world, mm -hmm. especially in hip hop. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of go about dispelling that notion in conversation when it comes up? Well, I just try to be as prepared as possible, you know, in my own private time. I, I study, you know, the word. I listen to a lot of sermons. I do my own research. So, you know, when I am confronted with someone that's skeptical about the Christian faith, you know, I'm prepared and I know how to, you know, respond to their to their uh, questions. Because a lot of times the inquiries are often the same. What I realize, you know, people say the same things over and over again. But you know, when you when you study and you have the tools, you know, you know how to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. What has been the response you've had um, with with you sharing um, things about Christianity in Africa and just sharing the word in context? Yeah, it, it's overwhelming. You know, like since when you posted it and prior to then, people have hit me up. They, they A lot of people didn't even know I was saved or I, I had a, you know, I was, you know, into the faith like that. So I got a lot of DMs. I got a lot of uh, emails. I hear, thank you for saying this and speaking out on you know, this topic or this issue, I didn't know that you knew the Bible, I didn't know you knew verses like that. I'm like, I mean, listen, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a, a theologian, theologian, you know, but uh, oh no, I'm not a pastor, but you know, I know, I know enough to, you know, get my point across, but you know, the response has been overwhelming for the most part. Like, I like that. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. And uh, I think when the, we, we think about like theologians and scholars, a lot of them, while they have a lot of research, you're on the front lines engaging people every day. So right. you're, the ways in which you flush out um, what you read is very important because it often comes is more practical and tangible for people who are at work Absolutely. and engaging people on these topics. So right. I think that's, that's, very, that's very vital. Um, when it comes to the rappers, I, I loved in the Killer Mike interview how you talked about um, you wanted to make him to make a distinction between Christianity as a whole and white Jesus. Yeah. And I came to a consensus on that. Okay, we both agree that white Jesus is problematic, but that's not the overarching, that's a misinterpretation of Christianity. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, when it comes to the appearance of Jesus, I feel like that is the biggest distraction ever. Like, what Jesus looks like doesn't matter. You know, he could be black, white, pink, green, polka dot, it doesn't matter. What really matters and the focus should be on is what his sacrifice was. And I think that sometimes gets lost. You know, if you want to have that discussion about what Jesus' appearance is, we talk about it in the Bible. We talk about it three times. Talk about it twice in Isaiah, um, where they talk about the description of how mutilated his body and figured it was on the cross. We also talk about how, you know, there was no majesty to him. We talk about he was a regular guy. You know, there was nothing desirable about his appearance. And then, you know, also in the book of Revelation, it talks about John's vision and how God looked in his full glory. That's the only three times of, you know, descriptions are made in the Bible. And I think there were so many disciples and apostles and so many eyewitnesses around Jesus is that if it was important, it would have been included. And I don't think that was important. What's important is the sacrifice. And I think that's what needs to be dissipated. Mm-hmm. I know one uh, one of the things that in the interview Killer Mike was saying was uh, his mom, his grandmother hiding the black Jesus uh, <laughs> portrait. And often what we do, we do an HBCU tour called It's Christianity, White Men's Religion. And when we talk to students during the panel um, discussion, um, them seeing the color of Jesus, uh, trying to see a, a savior that identifies with them. Mm-hmm. Um, color wise sometimes is important, sometimes isn't depending on the student. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely I think the white Jesus narrative um, is kind of one of the most challenging for hip hop and millennials uh, just because of how white um, supremacy has uh, tried to hijack Christianity. Absolutely. I mean, I think the word has been perversed. I think the idea or the image of a white Jesus is just one man's interpretation of what he thinks the Savior looks like. And, you know, it's crazy. It's like if you read the Bible, there is not a white narrative. You would think that the Bible was tailored to this specific race. or The places that it talks about, the settings, the people, it's so far from that. So it trips me out. It's like if you read and look at it in the context, you would see that, you know, what you've been told is a lie. Mm-hmm. So I don't think some people... Uh, uh, you know, won't have the effort to do that. Mm-hmm. In addition to, I know the white Jesus um, ch- challenge that people pose as it relates to Christianity, and I've heard it expressly in hip hop, but I've also heard um, the hypocrisy uh, narrative mm-hmm. uh, that Christians are hypocrites. Yeah. Um, a little bit of, of your interview with Jay Z, he touched on his. Mm-hmm. Um, 
his interaction with, I mean, how his grandfather's um, hypocrisy affected his view of Christianity. Yeah. How, how, how have you seen that consistently um, with hip hop artists, and how do you engage when with hip hop artists and just everyday people, friends? I had a conversation with a friend yesterday about something like this. I think one of the biggest misconceptions about being a Christian is that we're perfect. People look at us as if, you know, we're infallible, you know, we're not doing this. It's like, no, I am just as bad as you. You know, I am a dirty, wretched sinner. <laughs> the difference is, is that I'm saved by grace, which, you know, thank God. Um, I tell people all the time, we sin in thought and in action. And it's impossible not to stop sinning. It's in our nature, it's in our DNA. So it's like telling a dog not to bark. You know, that's just who we are. The difference is, is that I don't have those desires to commit those sins like how I used to. You know, it's like I still, you know, until you know, until I die, I am going to sin. And I think people don't understand that because it's like when you're born. I always say when you're you're born once, you die twice. Born twice, die once. And being that I'm born again and I'm God's child. I don't have that symptom. To him, I, I'm perfect. You know, I'm still gonna mess up, I'm still gonna slip up, and I'll get and I'll be chasing for it, whether it's here or when I get to heaven. But you know, in the meantime, I'm just trying to live as righteous as possible. I'm not trying to um, you know be malicious or anything like that. I want to live as Christ like as possible. It's in, it is impossible for me in this nature, but I try my best. And I think that people need to understand that Christians aren't perfect. We are fallen people. We have the capacity and the abilities to sin at any moment. You know, it doesn't make me less of a Christian. But I do believe that we have a, a responsibility to, uh, you know, live as righteous as possible and to show others that, you know, we can uh, be good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely important. I always say hypocrisy isn't the presence of sin, it's the absence of honesty. Right. And so um, people are really Sometimes when they think about Christians being hypocrites, they think about Christians being dishonest or being one way at church and being one way at home. Um, it's well, funny, though. You know, that's just that's just human nature. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm saved, but I'm still I'm still a bad person. And I'm not proud of that, but that's just who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people don't um, don't realize that there is a still a, a a sin nature that exists, and there's a war between the two. But I think it's interesting that that critique is is given for us, for Christians today, when we live in the social media age, where the same people who talk about people in the church being hypocrites also their whole social media timeline is is hypocrisy. It's, it's snake eating its tail. I told someone the other day. I said, listen, if you commit. If you hate somebody, if you don't like somebody, you, in Jesus' eyes, you can murder in the heart. You know, like, it's impossible. I don't like everybody, <laughs> you know, but it's impossible not to, uh, you know, feel the way you do. So I can understand why people say that, but, you know, again, that's just a misnomer. It's just, it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. I know another a challenge um, Christians for Christians um, engaging people about faith is this notion that, especially in the black context, that the Bible pushes on to us forgiveness, and forgiveness is for the weak. Uh, forgiveness um, 
you know, it's kind of like they want us to forgive them so they don't have to deal with the fact that they oppressed us. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to turn the other cheek. We need to fight back. Um, and so that's kind of a narrative that I've heard uh, that it's a tool to oppress us. Um, have you have you engaged in that at all? Yes, of course. I've talked to people. The Bible uh, is a slave manual. You know, it's teach slavery. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. You know, people have this misconception that the, the slavery in the Bible is the same slavery that you know was in North America in 1619 all the way to 1865. And I tell them that slavery in the Bible was more so indentured servitude. You know, it wasn't necessarily based on phrase, it was because people were in debt. They couldn't afford uh, um, to pay back uh, certain people and things like that. In fact, the Bible opposes slavery in the uh, in book of Exodus and in Jeremiah. It talks about, you know, how if a man uh, is found in someone else's uh, hand, you know, they should be put to death. You know, it talks about how, you know, Moses' people got out of Egypt because of discrimination. So it's like, no, if anything, the people that um, in I would say the people that uh, bondaged our ancestors, they were wrong for that, you know, and um, they what they did was use the, the Bible for their own personal interests and perverse the word. It's the same way of how I could use a, I could use a knife to cut uh, some food or I could use it to stab somebody. It doesn't make the knife wrong, it makes the person wrong. Um, but uh, I do believe that, you know, through that tragedy, uh, it, it, it's something glamorous, something glorious came out of it. You know, a lot of people converted to the faith. And again, if you read the Bible, it doesn't tailor a white narrative. You know, people just like to pick and choose and, you know, uh, bastardize uh, the word for, like I said, their own personal interests. So when people say things like that, it, it just perplexes me because I'm like, if you actually read the word and study the Bible and, you know, talk to somebody that's uh, more qualified and knowledgeable, uh, then you you would understand that you know, what you've been told is a lie. Mm-hmm. And I I love how you keep pointing back to the fact that you have to actually read it before you critique it. Yeah, uh, because sometimes things get taken out of context, and you know some things aren't necessarily black and white. Like you know, it's more great than anything. But if you read, you can understand and have a better understanding of that. You know of what the word is, because at the end of the day, the Bible is just a love letter. It's just God's word. You know, we didn't have iPhones back then. We didn't have Google Hangouts. You know, they had scrolls and whatever writing utensils they had to document what was going on every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's helpful because I think Christian we treat Christianity um, like terms and conditions. I know when they update the terms and conditions on iPhones, right. I never read them. I just agree to it. And they can put something in there that uh, completely uh, undercuts me. But I <laughs> I don't think anybody ever read it. We just say, I agree and keep right. going. And I think we do the Bible the same way. We're like, I want to sign up for Christianity. Sign me up. Have you ever read? Did you read it? Yeah, sure. And <laughs> you hear things about the scripture and you're like, oh, that sounds really weird. But right. you never put it in context to the whole book, the 66 uh, books right. and then you have these doubts and then people can manipulate you easily right. so um, I think it's very very important that we increase our biblical literacy amongst Christians and if you're going to critique Christianity at least read the book in which you're critiquing right. from cover to cover Exactly. so what else would you like to share for those who um, 
Christians and people who want to engage people in hip hop or just people in general that struggle with um, being a Christian um, in in mar- in spaces that aren't necessarily always welcoming uh, <laughs> to, to to believers. What what have what are some things that you've learned along the way that you think would be good method? Because we don't we don't want people to be like either people don't share it all or they just overdo it and it's just too much. Right. Um, right. What What have you learned along the way? I learned that you know Christ is like Christ is love, man. Like you know, his sacrifice, and if you trust in him, you know, you'll, you'll be good. Like, you know, it's like, I often think about eternity. I think about death, and, you know, those are things that are inevitable. Like, death is guaranteed, and I think about it a lot because you never know the time, the hour, the place, where it's going to come, and you want to be prepared, and I've, what I've learned from Christianity is, is that it's, it's given me, uh, it's almost like an instruction manual of how to live your life. It's not necessarily for something that, uh, that's condemning me. It's not something that's keeping me bonded. It's talking about, you know, preparing you for the inevitable. And that's how I look at, um, at, at the faith. People look at, um, you know, there's a lot of different faiths out there of religions. I, look, I call them religious because what I learned about Christianity is that it's not necessarily a religion. I know it's classified as that, but it's a faith. I look at religion as, you know, traditions and practices and you do this to get that Christ did it all for us it's nothing I can do to please God I mean besides you know live a righteous life but there's nothing I could do there's not enough money or enough, not enough uh, philanthropy I could do to you know get into heaven no Christ did it for all of us for everyone everyone on this planet Christ died for you and that love to me is just like it's almost gobsmacked this for me and um, I just wish that, you know, everyone uh, their, has that chance and that ability to understand that. I think about Kendrick Lamar a lot because uh, on his first album, Good Kid, Mad City, he had a prayer for salvation. And that album sold millions of copies. And I think about uh, all those people that listened to that album, that intro. And I'm like, wow, Kendrick probably saved more souls than a local pastor, you know, just with that one prayer in the intro. And I just think that if... You know, we practice what was said in the, uh, the book of Mark to all nations. You know, we'll be better off. And um, yeah, I'm not rambling, but I just have a lot of ideas about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You know, and um, I just know that, you know, hip hop is a powerful tool. And I just feel like with, uh, the more I learn and study in my faith, I just want to be able to. Get that message across on whatever platform, whether it's subtly or, or just blatantly. You know, I just want to get that message out to you that Christ saves, Christ loves you, and will never forsake you. So He'll never pluck you out of His hand, and I believe that. That's awesome. Um, I have one final question. Are you, Are you good on time? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's Christian hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have like your little cray, Andy Minio, Tadashi Trip Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you think that's is received in mainstream spaces? Are people open to it? Uh do they want to hear uh do they want to like internalize the message? Or is it kind of like, oh uh, I, I kinda, 
I kind of cringe a little bit when I hear the, the term uh, Christian hip-hop because it's like, you know, would you define someone else as a Muslim rapper? You know what I mean? Like, I just believe that, you know, they're just people that love God. You know, would you call Kendrick Lamar a Christian rapper? Like I said, he opened up his album with a prayer. Would you call Chance the Rapper a Christian rapper? No, they're just people that are Christian. So I, I, I cringe when people, you know, classify that. And it also uh, doesn't give the art a chance to to be the art, you know, it's already uh, put into a box. But um, I do believe that, you know, people are being a little bit more receptive of their music, you know, if they want to bring, you know, he's constantly touring and, you know, reaching people. So um, I feel like people are a little bit more receptive to it, but I just, it just something about that bothers me. I just don't want people's music to be confined to one space because there's probably a theme or a trope in there that can apply to somebody who's a Muslim but they're not going to get a chance to uh, listen to it because they're already put off by that tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's helpful. I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of Christian artists that have been labeled that are trying to take that label off and say, "I'm a, I'm an artist oh. and I am a Christian, but I don't want to have that label attached to me because that only limits you to one category as far as like getting recognition, awards." Mm-hmm. Um, your pigeonholed in um, right. the one space. Right, exactly. And I think that could be a detriment to an artist's growth and, you know, to people that want to hear a great message, you know. So I just think that, you know, it, as long as they keep making great music, it's going to be heard by somebody and hopefully it's heard by the right words. Mm-hmm. What would you like to leave our audience with, uh, B-Dot? What would I like to leave my audience with? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at B.TM. Um, I just want to, you know, I'm a father as well. I just want to let people know that um, I love God, man. I love God. I just sometimes I find myself just, you know, in awe of the blessings that have come to me. Like, I don't deserve none of it. You know, and, you know sometimes I might be break down and cry and, and you know, and shower just by myself. I'm just thinking, God, thank you for these blessings. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for everything. Thank you for just this. Thank you for opportunity. And um, I'm really appreciative of that. I just want my message uh, to be dissipated to as many people that are willing to hear it. Christianity is not a white man's religion, it's an everybody religion. It's not even a religion, it's a faith. And, um, you know, no matter what you're going through, Christ is there for you, love you. And, you know, his promises are guaranteed. Man lies, man fails, but. Crisis undefeated. That's. I'll leave it on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed uh, the conversation. Um, And uh, thank you uh, for tuning into another episode of the Jew Through Project here. We're helping you know what you believe and why you believe it. And if you want to support the Jew Through Project, go to jewthroughproject.com, hit the donate tab. And remember our national. Um, event Courageous Conversations is coming up August 1st and 2nd. 28 scholars and pastors from progressive and conservative backgrounds to discuss topics like hell, sin, um, preaching to black millennials. Um, it's seven different topics, 28 different scholars and pastors. So join us. Go to courageouscombos.org to register. Thank you for tuning in. This has been... Oh, well, people know. We are not perfect. Christians aren't perfect. We're sinners. <laughs> Just letting people know. But we love you all no matter what.
Well, thank you. Even though you think uh, Mace is, is higher on the totem pole than Styles P, uh, I saw that, <laughs> that interview is following you uh, a, a long way. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember, we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching G3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.